Oh, this is always so stupid. Reaching around here like a goof. <laughs> well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction of all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. Uh, we come to you on three platforms. We're on all three of those platforms today. We come to you on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com where you can sit back and merely listen. Simply listen. We come to you on YouTube Comedy Schools. You get a panoramic view of our very messy office slash studio slash production slash fertile soil from which our ideas rise or you can watch us right here on facebook live where most of our friends and family gather each and every afternoon we are not a podcast we are a community so uh welcome ladies and gentlemen january 1st 2021 that is correct let me say it one more time january 1st 2021 happy new year um, that phrase, Happy New Year, is just, that's, that's like, hey, what's going on? It's really lost a lot of its pop. Uh, New Year is, New Year's is not the celebration, not, not even counting this year, not even counting this year, okay? But it's not the celebration it once was, um, uh, the sort of, uh, drunken Epicurean revelry that, um, uh, seemed to be perfectly acceptable, on New Year's Eve and at Christmas office parties. So I got a theory. That's right. I'm starting to year off with a theory that uh, from about the 1930s on into the 60s, America was a pretty uptight place. Pretty conservative, shame-based, moralistic, uh, uh, religiously dominated culture. And starting in the 60s, that started loosening up with the coming of age of the baby boom generation. So, and into the 70s, it, it was still a mix. Still a mix. Even into the 80s, which was kind of a party era as well. So, over time, what had happened was, starting at some point, at some point, New Year's Eve was a time when uptight, buttoned down, nose to the grindstone types could cut loose, unloosen that tie. Put that lampshade on her head. Cut a rug. They could do that and then go back to their lives of uh, um, uh, repressed drudgery. But starting with the 60s, 70s, and 80s, going out of the 30s, 40s, 50s, and then going into, say, the late 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, we became a party country. Party animals. And the problem with that was uh, some people can't handle their partying. So then people were getting drunk and getting in car wrecks all the time. And people go, well, this ain't good. This ain't good. We got to stop all this car wreck and stuff. And, you know, cirrhosis of the liver and what have you. So um, we started cracking down on partying. Because partying, they look, we'll crack down on anything. Right now we're cracking down on Facebook because Facebook is omnipresent. Facebook is everywhere. Social media is everywhere. 
So now we're cracking down on it. Because anything that becomes primary, we crack down on. Crack down on it. Partying had become omnipresent. So we started cracking down on it. Cracking down. And they set up roadblocks. Don't drink and drink. And you shouldn't drink and drive. I haven't, I haven't had a drink in 35 years. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing something out. What happened in New Year's? What happened in New Year's was that uh, since every day could be New Year's, especially in the 80s, <sighs> With Peruvian marching powder, just it was just a non-stop party, a party, and nothing but a party. And people forgot to sleep, and then the party went weird, and then the party went psychotic, and then we started shutting down the party. That now New Year's Eve is not at one time New Year's Eve is like any other party. Any other party. And then and then we started shutting down on partying. And you see that now, especially in these last couple of years. You know, I realize now that what I did. When I was enjoying myself, I realize now in light of current trends that when I was enjoying myself, I was wrong. And I, I take full responsibility for having a good time and being silly and irresponsible during those phases of a life or a day or a week when you were supposed to be silly and irresponsible. And I only hope by shaving my head and walking the street over broken glass... <laughs> So now New Year's Eve had law has lost its luster. We still kind of go out. We still kind of go out and do something. Okay. I did something last night, but not at midnight. Well, it was midnight somewhere. Uh, happy New Year to you, Arthur Belkine, my old friend. Um, <laughs> DJ Payne says, we usually say, fuck it, I was drunk. Yeah, that's what you say. People, I can't believe you did that. I'm sorry, I was drunk. There was a time in this country when that was a rational excuse. You know what you just did? Uh, sir, I was drunk. Well, okay, all right. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny drunk story. Some of you on here right now, I'll tell you a funny drunk story to kind of tell you where I came from. Uh, my uh, dear sainted mother, and God bless her, and uh, she has gone on to her reward, and I miss her every day. Uh, she was... Um, she was a version, a version, well, at one time she was a, that other one too, uh, of a, a wild woman of the 50s. She got married at 15, had three kids by the time she was 20, looked like Marilyn Monroe, could dance all night. Guys actually, I know a guy actually walked into a wall and a guy's car actually hit a lamppost once, just craning their necks to look at her. She was that pretty. She's married to my dad, who looked like a, looked like a Hollywood movie uh, matinee idol, and they drank and loved and danced and fought with all the energy and lust and excitement that teenagers in the 50s could, listening to Elvis and Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis, while at the same time trying to raise three boys. So many years later, many years later, my mom is now an elderly woman, and I am a grown man. Some would disagree with that. And I'm talking to her on the phone, and she's very upset. She's very upset. Because the Missouri uh, Department of Motor Vehicles is going to require her to take another driver's test because she'd reached a certain age, if I remember correctly. She was mad about that. She goes, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. She says, I, I, make me get, take a driving test again. I was never an accident my entire life. And I sat there and thought for a minute, and I was remembering my uh, youth, and I said, uh, what about that time that you completely rolled that 56 Pontiac in front of the Tomboy grocery store? She goes, oh, well, hell, I was drunk. So, 
was my mother. I said, I've never in an accident my entire life. What about you? you totally rolled a 56 Pontiac. Oh, what the hell? I was drunk. That doesn't count. <laughs> she didn't have that voice, but that was, <laughs> that was a thing behind it. So now we got no excuse, ladies and gentlemen. We all have to be tipped up on our toes. Uh, we did do a show last night. We did a show at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, out there on East Warner Road. Uh, uh, I got to headline the show. I had a real good time. I want to thank the comics who are on the show with me, John Ibrahim, uh, Darren Bobby. That's guy. He's not from the South, and his name is Darren Bobby. Darren Bobby. He's not from the South. Okay? Uh, Carol Freeman. And, of course, Jim Perry and Deanne Kincaid. And uh, it was a safe, socially distanced show. We, we didn't even sell to the level that we could, but we came close. We came close, you know, and it was a good crowd. And, uh, and we just had a lot of fun. So I want to thank everybody for coming out. We got more stuff in store for you uh, uh, coming up in the new year without a doubt. Uh, DJ Payne says, uh, so anyway, this show is ba based on three things, you guys. Hello, Allie. Hello, Ron. Some people, when they pop on, I can see your names. You pop up. Carol Bailey, nice to see you. Liz, happy new year to you. Hi, Heather. Uh, who else I got going on? Tina and Mike, of course. Charles Kaminsky, hope you're doing well, pal. Um, DJ Payne has we got my tickle yet. Uh, he means the stimulus. I have not, to the best of my knowledge, gotten my stimulus check yet. Uh, I don't do direct deposit with the IRS. It's left over just a old-fashioned thing. I don't want them having my, uh, I don't know why I'm doing that voice so much today. I don't want them having my uh, bank account like they don't have it. But uh, we get a paper check and it comes a, a few days later. So um, I hope that all of you who need that stimulus check, as we do, are going to get that stimulus check. I think it's a crime. I think it's a crime that uh, the uh, Democrat, that the people want a $2,000 stimulus check. The Democrats in Congress want a $2,000 stimulus check. The Democrats in the Senate want a $2,000 stimulus check. Many of the Republicans in the Senate want a $2,000 stimulus check. Donald J. Trump wants us to get a $2,000 stimulus check. And... So, uh, if there's ever a reason to um, do whatever you can, send money, phone bank or something for the two people in Georgia, even if you're a conservative, let's be honest at this point. If you're like a conservative, okay, and a lot of my friends are, you know, it's time to put this version of the Republican Party to bed, man. Give it some soup, read it a bedtime story and put it to bed. Because this version of the Republican Party is uh, fractured and just now being ran by weirdos, uh, uh, QAnon, Quifanon, whatever they are, Quarkanon, Quarkanon weirdos, conspiracy theory nuts, people who are, uh, that's Mitt Romney looks like a, <laughs> he looks like a damned liberal or what people used to call a liberal. He's calling on, he is calling out Donald Trump for the woeful, incompetent, non-existent plan and strategy to roll out the vaccines. Basically, what it looks like is happened is they made the vaccines and then they just shoveled them all up to the borders of states and you go, yo, we got some vaccine here. Come pick it up. Like it's some sort of Wells Fargo. It's like Wells Fargo shit. Like some guy's riding a stagecoach full of vaccine and then riding it up the Missouri-Kansas border and going, we're going to leave right here at the border. Come get it. You know, and then Raiders coming out and getting it. It's just nuts. No plan. 
There was no plan for the pandemic. I'm going to tell you guys something. You, you, and I know a lot of you, planned better for this pandemic than the federal government did. You figured out a way to function, survive, sometimes thrive, not go nuts, be of service to people around you. You figured out ways to do it. You did a better job of planning during this pandemic than the federal government did. Now they're going to put a plan for the vaccine. Oh, my God. Let's see what we got going on here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Whitney says, uh, Happy New Year. His action figures say hi. Paul Whitney co collects action figures, and I rescue bobbleheads. For those of you who are wondering about this, Paul Whitney's a very funny guy, by the way. Um, he's a very funny guy, and he has his, he's building his own YouTube channel called The Man With Too Many Action Figures. We're going to have, and my grandson Sullivan keeps asking about this. We're going to have a debate, uh, a debate between action figures and bobbleheads uh, that my grandson Sullivan is going to, uh, is going to moderate, and we're planning that real soon. So um, let's see what it says here. Uh, <laughs> let's see. DJ Payne says, everyone line up and bend over. You already got your $600 should fit. Um, Paul Whitney says he uses action figures for his own purposes. I, I don't know what's going on now with the comments. The comments have gone uh, all over the map. You guys have gone weirdo beardo on me. Um, yeah, so uh, I haven't been out and about today. I um, took my dog for a walk. I have some things I do every day on New Year's Day. I kind of uh, take stock of the last year. Um, Tina and Mike say hello and happy New Year's. Um, so I'm going to be doing that when I'm done here today. And I'm going to make, get ready for this, onion bread. Now, I know, <laughs> it's a long way from 1982 when I didn't wake up on New Year's Day. I think I woke up January 5th and went, all right, man, where am I? This is crazy. Uh, but uh, I've got a big parcel of onions. Don't ask me why, but I got a parcel of onions. And I don't want, I, I, my, what I consider to be a big sin is waste. That's it. Waste. Not my waste. My, my waste is big. I have a big waste. <laughs> Not as big as our current president. By the way, I don't know if you saw, uh, there was a thousand dollar a ticket party at Miri Lago. Hello, Carol Bailey. Happy New Year to you. Uh, thank you so much for saying so. And down there at Miri Lago where um, Donald J. Trump and, uh, Melania or, uh, reside or live or hang out or whatever they do there. Um, he's the only guy I know who rents out his own house while he's living in it. Um, down there, okay, they were going to have the New Year's Eve party, big red carpet event where uh, Don J. Trump comes out and says, uh, hello, everybody. And, uh, and these people all paid a thousand bucks to hang out with Don, the Don. And uh, he split. He hightailed it back to Washington, D.C., Left them standing at their $1,000 tickets and their cummerbunds. But it wasn't a total loss because instead of Don J. Trump hosting the party, get ready, Rudy Giuliani and, and the headliner, Vanilla Ice. That's right, Vanilla Ice. So instead of Donald Trump, the people at Mar-a-Lago for their $1,000 got Vanilla Ice and all reports says that it was a big step up. So... <laughs> 
ding 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 ding. What would you rather listen to? Ding 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 ding. Bing bing. Ice ice baby. Or disgrace fraud. Ding 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 ding. Ding 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 ding. Loser. Ding 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 ding. Little Machio. Bing bing. Hillary. Ding 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 ding. I was robbed. Ding 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 ding. Bing bing. Proud boys, stand down. Anyway, all right. I got caught up in a little thing there. Hello, Shelly Austin. Happy New Year to you. Hey, uh, we will not be on tomorrow. Tomorrow is Saturday. That is, uh, that is our day of rest. We don't really rest. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I uh, work every day or if I just kind of work every day, but somehow it all works out. But Saturdays, uh, we do take one, one break. And yeah, I deserve that from uh, doing the show. But we will be back with you Sunday at 2 p.m. Uh, I was saying earlier, I forgot to mention, which I uh, do every time, but I forgot this time, that the show is uh, built around three things. Your questions and comments right here, right here on uh, one of the um, earlier aforementioned social media sites. And we will question and comment back. Uh, also, sometimes we have a knickknack or a doodad or some falderal or memento sitting around here that we show you and try to weave a personal story around and we recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection now for those of you that have been following the show you know that we have retired the vinyl albums we have gone through not our entire vinyl album collection but uh and we got some great ones you know um but we've gone through the great majority of it. We were getting into doubles or maybe like the third or fourth album by a particular group that didn't really have a lot to really recommend. Even if we liked it and we understood that we liked it, but other people wouldn't. You get me, you know? So, um, so we've moved on to the uh, compact disc phrase of Living on a Thin Line, where we're going to recommend one piece of song or one artist based off our vast vinyl album and CD collection. So what makes the show kind of unique... What makes the show kind of unique is uh, that we only recommend songs from things that we physically own, not just something that we like, but that we own the CD or we own the vinyl album. Um, we only do that. And since we don't have a music license and I have no interest in getting one, to be honest with you, um, since we don't have that, we, uh, we talk about the music, which somebody said one time said, it seemed kind of weird till I heard you do it because you give little tidbits of information. So, uh, uh, and then we, we uh, download a YouTube clip onto the uh, show comments so that you can listen. Okay? So that's what we're doing. Uh, Bob Rocky has joined uh, the, the podcast, the broadcast. Bob Rocky, uh, who will be at JP's Comedy Club January 20th doing Silly and Sober. Um, that's going to be exciting. That's going to be very exciting. Uh, I will be there with him. We're going to have a real good time. Um, he asked, did I tell the bear hunting joke? No, Bob, I did not tell the bear hunting joke, nor did I tell the one about the two board guys, which you can't tell now in light of the old powerful whatever movement. So, uh, I just, I, I told my jokes, Bob on stage. I told my truth. I'm an artist. I shared the truth. You know what I did is I just uh, talked about, you know what I did for 15 minutes last night and got big laughs. Everybody talked about my, um, my uh, prostate procedure, not surgery, procedure. So, uh, hey, if you ever want to come out and watch a grown man talk about his prostate, uh, just watch for it. Come out January 20th to JP's Comedy Club. 
jpscomedyclub.com. Uh, I'll make it funnier than any airline joke you hear. I'll make it funnier than any other prostate joke you hear because those are all based on, um, uh, you know, sort of being homophobic. Uh, I'll make it funnier than any uh, traffic joke you've ever heard. I'll make it funnier than any marijuana joke you've ever heard. It'll be so goddamn funny you go home and go, that's the funniest son of a bitch in Greater Gilbert. That's what you'll see January 20th when you see me on Bob Rocky's uh, Sober and Silly. Jonathan Gregory's joined the show. Jonathan Gregory... Uh, one of the funniest men in Phoenix, without a doubt. Happy New Year, John. John's playing a casino tonight that's booked by a farmer student who books the exact shows that I book without letting me know that he's doing it or pay me any commission. So uh, very exciting, Fort McDowell Casino. So please check that out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, here we go. We're going to recommend the music right now, and we're going to go back. We're going to start some root stuff. I'm going to stay with root stuff all week. Root stuff being stuff from the 50s. I'm sticking with all rock and roll, not jazz or pop standards or anything. And you cannot talk about roots, American music, American rock music without talking about the Everly Brothers, Don and Phil. Don and Phil Everly Brothers. There they are right there. This is a great CD. It's a greatest hits compact. My daughter bought this for me for either Christmas or my birthday, where she's at one time talking to me and she goes, you got so many albums, CDs. Who don't you have? And I go, you know, I don't have any Everly Brothers. And we were just talking. And next thing you know, this kind of ended up my stocking. Um, so this has most of their big hits on here. Matter of fact, all of them. Bye Bye Love. Till I Kissed You. Wake Up Little Susie. Crying in the Rain. Kathy's Clown. Bird Dog. All I Have to Dream. Those were their biggest hits. Now, most of these hits, a lot of them were written by the same songwriting team that uh, wrote the hit for uh, Nazareth called Love Hurts, which was originally done by Roy Arbidson. And that was, uh, hold on, I'm looking it up here because I had it here. Um, they were written by Felice and uh, uh, Baudelaire Bryant. Baudelaire Bryant. Southern, uh, so much rock and roll came out of the South. You know, of course, Elvis came out of the South. The Everly Brothers did. Everly Brothers started out singing in church. They sang in church. And then they uh, did a lot of other different work around. And then right around in the mid-50s, they started record, writing and recording their own music. And in 57, they had their first big hit, Bye Bye Love. How good is this music? Most of you know what I'm talking about when I say Bye Bye Love. You know this song used countless, countless, countless times. Al Berman's watching. Hey, Al, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Al Berman told me some great stories about the early days of the comedy store. Uh, we got to, when I go back to doing interviews, I got to have Al on sometime. Uh, and a friend of mine who I toured with back in my touring days, Al Berman has joined us. So a guy that I'm doing a show with in January, Bob Rocky's here. And a guy I used to tour, tour with Al. Bob and Al. Bob and Al. Um, Kathy's Clown, they wrote themselves. And it was their biggest hit. And you know, we see those kind of oddities every once in a while. They were stars. They had big hits. Primarily doing songs written by a songwriting team. But then they write one song and that song becomes the biggest hit. So we've seen those kind of things before. Where a band has done one type of music and then... Um, what's that band does Every Rose Has Its Thorn? Is that Poison? Yeah, Poison. So Poison was a hard rock heavy metal band, right? Doing hard rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do it all night long. Ah, you know, just glam rock guys. But their biggest hit is a ballad. It's a ballad. Every rose has its thorn. Totally different from anything else they did. Um, 
same thing in a similar vein. Everly Brothers doing other people's music. They write one song and it becomes their biggest hit, Kathy's Clown. So as much as I love Bye Bye Love, it's just fun, infectious music done by so many people. And if you're a fan of uh, Broadway and a fan of Bob Fosse, and you ever saw his autobiographical movie about himself, All That Jazz, you know that he uses that song for the grand finale and opens it up in a really unique way. But I think to really showcase them and honor the Everly Brothers, we're going to recommend to you guys Kathy's Clown by the Everly Brothers. Just the incredible harmonies influenced so many singers after them. So many great rock stars of the 60s, 70s, 80s going into now says, well, what the Everly Brothers did is what, uh, we, um, uh, what we just tried to copy. We just tried to copy. So their influence went on forever. Their, um, their popularity waned. They went through the same typical stuff that so many young kids who become famous do. You know, we love the energy of young people uh, with music and in art. But oftentimes the uh, industry, the business loves it because they're easy to rip off. And of course, they had a lot of problems with Acuff, Acuff Music, who they were signed with, with royalties, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they joined the Marine Reserve in 1961, okay, then came back and resumed their careers, kind of like what Elvis did. They did not have the same success that Elvis had coming back, if you want to call it what Elvis did when he came back from the Army success. And, of course, they got involved with uh, the Better Living Through Chemicals uh, era of um, America, American pop music and pop culture. They still remained big in England and Europe where they were able to tour for many years. Uh, if you don't know the Everly Brothers, ladies and gentlemen, we got uh, Kathy's Clown downloaded for you here in the comments. I'll have it in the title in about a half hour. Listen to it. Tell me that's not some of the greatest harmonies you ever heard. And then dig into the other stuff, especially Bye Bye Love and Wake Up Little Susie. All right. Hey, that's going to be our show for the day. Uh, I'm going to be off for the weekend. I got stuff I'm doing. I hope you're doing stuff too. Be good. 